0: hello it is wednesday august 11th 2021 massive show yet again can't thank everybody enough for stopping by with their good conversation their great energy to all the boys and their work ethic and to you for taking a chance on this dumbass group of humans and allowing us to penetrate your ear holes if by the end of this show you enjoy us please be a friend tell a friend if not just act like it never happened let's get to this thing Ty. Yeah, much like that Tiger from uh, Kellogg's. Yeah, Tony the Mm -hmm. Tiger. Tony, who's Italian, which... (sighs) Something to think about. Oh, no. I am also Italian, by the way. I'm just hearing about other potential Italians and the way things are being said. Yeah. He's just Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, man. It's hard not to talk about that right now. I did not know we were going to get into Tony the Tiger, and then in turn, you got to assume Tiger Tony is Italian. Right. You have Uh to assume that at that point. That's a
1: stereotype, and it's offensive.
0: What? The name Tony?
2: No, that is it's a, a tiger. tiger. Oh. It's a cartoon tiger.
0: Okay, all right. From Italy. Probably. Yeah. If we had to guess, which now is, I mean, ah. I did that thing, you know. He's Italian-American. I did not plan. Is. Thank you so much. I thought so. I did not plan on this at all. Actually, I didn't even think about saying today's show was great until literally the word great came out of my <laughs> mouth right there, <laughs> yeah. which led us to this entire thing. But when I did that 23 and me <laughs> thing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, when of I did course. that? And it came back and it said, like, everything <laughs> I thought, and then it added in 0.01% Italian. Growing up in Pittsburgh around... Too many Italians. Yeah. Being the only non-Italian person in a lot of situ- a lot of situations. This Garrett. is not just a couple of situations. This is a lot of situations, and the things that potentially had been, you know, said by the Italians to me, obviously, sure, uh-huh. and then potentially, and. <laughs> potentially, return fire. Right? I you mean, have as, to. as your kids growing up, I mean, this right. is going to happen. Kids being kids. Yeah. Okay, this is going to happen. But whenever I found out I was 0.01 percent Italian from the whole thing. I was so excited, you know. I had to do some apologies. Obviously, I had to go around and say some apologies to to uh, to a lot of you know (laughs) situations and people. But then also, I got super excited about it. I was like, you know what? A little bit of uh, hey, I I
1: think they say on the box there's like a 0.02 percent error potential in those tests.
0: So I could be 0.03 percent. Wow! Look at me, you know, like. I mean, very negative of you to look the other way that I could be negative 0.01% Jeez. Italian, but I look at it the other way, probably more Italian. I was excited about it until just the last couple of days. I've been yeah. reading a lot about us, Nick. I've been reading a lot about us Ooh. Italians. What the hell is going on out here? The Italians I know, caring people, okay, great Great cultures. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Houses, the environments, the atmosphere, the food, everything. It's a, it's an absolutely beautiful culture. There's some other things mm-hmm. you know that come alongside sure. of it. There may maybe some outthinking or outwitting to do things that may be Shady. not yeah. Legal. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Know, corruption potentially. Yeah, there's a lot of that, that potentially goes around, but it's a clever bunch. What I've been learning the last couple of days about being Italian—I don't think Tony the Tiger was saying it's great either, but no, I, I don't think no. so at all. What's going on? Are we okay? Is everything all right? Do I need to re—to find out if that 0.2% air thing is real or not, Nick? Are we we're, okay? We're
1: great, never been better. There's some
3: people. Some
1: people speaking a little uh, turn, and then there's Thank others, you know, using uh, their 0.01% maybe as a little bit of a crutch. No.
0: Wow. Whoa. No. Wow. It's not me making those memes and gifts. It seems to be everybody else except for us. I'm trying to go to bat. The Italians that I grew up around, what is being said about Italians is not the Italians I know. No. So maybe the Pittsburgh Italians are a little bit different than other Italians. I'm not 100% sure. Franklin, Nikolai. It's
1: not Franklin. <laughs>
0: Big Frank Luke Frank <laughs> Moraldo the 3rd or 4th No nope, no nope. the 2nd Not <laughs> oh, that uh, junior
1: no, no uh, something's okay. necessary.
0: Okay. Anyways, great people. I'm going to let you know the Pittsburgh Italians should not be associated with all the other Italians, but I am trying to learn about my family's history. Okay, so hmm. I am trying to learn about all Italians. I'm learning about, I guess, a group of Italians that are a little bit... A little <laughs> handsy. Uh, a little mm-hmm. too, <laughs> well, I'm learning. That. Well, t- not just handsy, I've heard. It's I, just a tie. Yeah, well, I, mean, that's what that, I don't know. That's, I'm just saying the Italians don't deserve what's going on right now, from my experience. Thank but, you. But maybe that's because I don't know enough. About yeah. my point zero one percent That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, you need, you need to watch Sopranos. You should, but it won't support much what he's saying, more <laughs> so what Cuomo's <laughs> was saying.
0: Uh, anyways, so it's a great day to be an Indianapolis Colts fan or be associated with the Indianapolis Colts. Just a couple days removed from panic, maybe being at an all-time high. Maybe there was a red button on a table for every Indianapolis Colts fan that says, fuck, and they're all hitting it. Yep. Everybody's hitting it. They're going, oh, no. it ain't good. It ain't good. That quarterback we traded for after turning down, a couple others allegedly. Yep. Huh. Tom Brady being one of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. That quarterback you're paying a lot of money for. He got injured in high school, you see. Okay, so in high school he got injured. That bone was just kind of hibernating like a bear. You know how a bear goes into a cave. His This yep. bone inside right. of his foot that broke off was actually one into hibernation. And then it, uh, it, it it just popped back out. We have to have surgery there. He's going to be out five, 12 weeks. What? Mm-hmm. How much money did we uh, – this guy, he was back to form. He was draining free throws. He came in here, big son of a bitch. Big. Big dude. We're talking Ow. defensive end size playing quarterback. Seem to have found his mojo. Michael. we'll talk about that. But it was just a, it felt like he was all the way back. Of course, he gets his injury already. Philadelphia Eagles fans were like, of course, he's hurt again. And he's screwing us out of a pick. And Colts fans were like, what is a Jacob Eason? You know, and, <laughs> and what is a, a Sam Ellinger? And then a day later, it felt like Quentin Nelson, maybe greatest guard in the history of football when it's all said and done. By the way, same thing. He's at. Take a hike. Darius Leonard had an ankle. He wasn't practicing. It seemed, DeForest Buckner, something happened with him in practice. It seemed like the world was crashing for the Indianapolis Colts fan. And I remember a Patriots fan, huh. a diehard Patriots fan, sure. laughing in the face of the Indianapolis Colts, including me. Do you All remember right? that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Was, Rightfully so. Yeah, big, big New England Patriot fan at Boston <laughs> Connor yeah. laughed yeah. in my Indianapolis Colts face. Here we are just a couple of days later. Guess what? Frank Wright, Chris Ballard, long-term contract extensions. Keep building here. Just do what you got to do. What? What? Quentin Nelson, no boot, walking around, no mask, having the time of his life. Less than a week removed from foot surgery. They're supposed to keep him out for 5, 12 weeks. What? What? Carson Wentz, same fucking thing. Add mask, cuz. We all know situations (laughs) going on right now. He's not limping. He's not doing anything. He's already back. These two guys, pillars of our team's success this year. They're either going to be great because of these two or potentially be terrible because of these two. They are back less than a week removed from a surgery that we were told they were supposed to be locked done for two weeks no blood flow to the foot it said not allowed to have any blood flow that's why it could be five it could be 12 depending upon the recovery frank said that carson's gonna have to be away from the team he's gonna have to be down for two weeks who's this doctor that did these foot surgeries that had expectations of two weeks done and then less than a week later both of them are back walking this might be the greatest foot surgeon in the history of human existence and I would like to applaud whoever that was because if she or he don't get the respect they deserve for it seems like breaking every single medical prediction for this potential thing yeah What is going on? And I'm so happy they're back. At Ty Schmidt, a man whose brain was good enough to go to Harvard, said, nah, I want to go to Iowa because he's from Iowa. He wanted to play baseball, and he's a Big Ten angler. Your thoughts on this doctor potentially being the fucking greatest doctor we've never heard of before? And how... Are you scared now that the Indianapolis Colts are going to be an unstoppable force Ooh. going forward?
4: I'm not scared about the Colts because, you know, if we see them, it would be in the Super Bowl. So, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, they got to get through the Chiefs. Yeah, and, I understand you know, some that.
0: It is, but- I understand there's AFC, AFC. But I'm just saying there might be a new sheriff in town here. If we got I, I, doctors, by the way, doing surgeries. That are healing quicker than ever. You guys on other teams, because I think this was an Indiana doctor. I'm not 100% sure. I think it was an Indiana doctor. Went to a specialist. I think then an Indiana doctor did. I'm not 100% sure. We don't know the name. We should look into that at some point. I'm sure somebody would tell If this is what he's doing with this, can we not have him maybe to start taking some looks at some knees too? Yeah, no kidding. Because now they got rid of the IR thing. Guys don't have to wait eight weeks or uh, one guy can't be deemed to return eligible or whatever, and then everybody else has to be off for the rest of the season once injured. After three weeks, I think guys are allowed to come back off the IR. It's like a disabled list, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is a big deal. Good doctors, good rehab, the athletic training staff over there, everybody over at the Colts. We're all the way fucking back. It's a great day here on this Wednesday.
4: And I have been very vocal but i am i'm ecstatic because since we've lived in indy the colts really have Now i mean like last year yeah but it was the covid year or anything like i want them to be good i want the city to be buzzing a little bit you know
0: i mean you want to experience
4: i do you know i want to be able to go to a game and and have some you know stake in it like okay this actually matters but to the the doctors thing i mean we say it all the time like overreacting is a big part of having a show every single day but
0: like How how were they so far? Five to twelve weeks. This is a meteorologist, not named Joe Dinardo. Yeah, Uh I mean, we
4: were reacting like Carson Wentz was going to miss. Actually, the first
0: seven games of the season. Bring in Nick Foles. They were saying, "Hey, is now the time to trade for Nick Foles and Carson Wentz?" Four days later, fucking just skipping around at practice. They said no limp uh, detected. Said Greg Doyle of the Indy Star. He said no limp detected. I was like, what? How? What? How did we get to this point? That's great news. I mean, hey, listen, this is great news, but should we think about this going, going forward that if Dr. David Porter, who I've just learned was the doctor that did this, isn't doing the surgery, is that mean five to 12 weeks? Or is maybe medical advances have been happening at such a rapid rate these days that maybe everything we had thought in the past is no longer the case? Because I have no idea how both surgeries were projected to be so long and then now they're both back no boot they just had their foot cut open yeah. i mean they had to have had, at least had Bones their foot cut off. open if i get a cut on my foot and it stop your toe bad or something like that you're at least having a little bit of a limp they're saying no limp detected just had foot surgery i i don't understand i don't think i fully understand but i'm pumped about it I don't understand how or why or what's going on, but when Mortensen put out that tweet and said, hey, things are trending towards Carson starting first week, and also Quentin, by the way, which is on a very big weight-bearing position of offensive guard, which your foot is pretty impressive. I mean, this is... It's awesome. It's just absolutely awesome. And I don't... If this is where science is, let's keep it going.
4: I mean, either this guy, Dr. Donald Brown, or whatever, David David. Come come on. David
0: Porter. By the way, shout out to Donald Brown. <laughs> Running <Brought laughs> back out of UConn. Yeah. Okay, then he was an Indianapolis Colt. He got drafted in the same class as me, first rounder. Great guy. Okay? He's not a doctor, though. Okay. David <laughs> Porter would David be the doctor. David Yeah.
4: Either he is... Uh, top-tier genius, best one we got, or he was the only guy who knew and told them, like, hey, it's going to be 7 to 12 weeks, okay? But the whole time, he was thinking, like, it's actually only going to be, like, 3 to oh, 4. And then guys so like and guys like McAfee are going to be like, this guy's the greatest doctor around. And, and he knows he's going to be in business for uh, the
0: next. So you're um, kind of misleading on the projections of only information. You have a little insider trading almost, but to benefit yourself. Potentially. Mm-hmm.
4: I'm not saying Dr. David Porter would do that. I'm just saying, hey, Let's check the boxes. Maybe.
0: Okay, so it would be like, uh, so it'd be like, uh, oh, hey, is that Dr. David Porticoat? I know him. Wow. I know Dr. David. I know that. I did not know that was his name. Doc, always. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sup, Doc. <laughs> you know what I mean?
4: So he is like a Colts doctor then? Yeah, it's a
0: Colts doctor there. I, if,
4: I mean, unless, <laughs> there's, <a>
0: doc? <laughs> unless there's another, unless there's another doctor that looks yeah, I mean, I think there has been some filtering done to this photo, potentially, but I, unless there's another doctor that looks very similar. Yeah, that's been a Colts doctor for a long time. So okay. congrats to Dr. David Porter.
2: Here we go, Dave. Hey. Okay.
0: And I think I did know Dave. I think. I think. David Porter, though. There's no, I mean, I would have never. Just yeah. Doc. I mean, that's what they go to school to be called, right? Right. Yeah. The whole point of paying for the nickname. Yeah. Doc. What's mm-hmm. up, dude? Stock holiday, by the way, fucking handled business. <laughs> and, and Marshall, you know, and, and also a Tombstone, I guess. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what you're talking about. But yeah. yeah, that could be interesting. Did anybody ask this guy what his projections were, or was it everybody else that was given these projections? Because when Frank came on and talked to us, what was that a couple of days after? He was very optimistic, but he wasn't saying like, "Hey, in a week or less than a week, he'll be back." It's crazy. Uh, we got to move along because last night was the debut of a show that we all love. And if you love NFL football, you love hard knocks, strictly because you're getting a chance to go inside of a building, which is what I got to experience, by the way, so incredibly lucky to do so as a punter. Basically, I was just living a hard knocks cameraman life. <laughs> that's, that's what I kind of came to last night while watching hard knocks. I was like, yeah, like all these angles are pretty much where I would – just kind of go in and poke my head at it. So I enjoy it because it's like me taking a trip back into my career almost in a building that I don't know. Now, granted, you can't get the entire feel for a culture by watching Hard Knocks because obviously it's edited and everything like that. But I think you can learn a lot about a lot of the people there whenever you see how they interact with each other. I did not know Dan Quinn was like that. I had no idea. Nope. Now, I thought he was like a uh, potential religious guy, like super motivating religious guy. I had no idea. He was fucking letting it fucking fly. <laughs> yeah, big time. I mean, he was letting Letting it eat I did not know that I, I actually I kind of...
4: We'll play for Dan Quinn. Yeah, I mean, him. The,
0: he would, there was a couple of situations, I think, whenever I asked the uh, Twitter world for their thoughts and then also the Instagram uh, comments for their thoughts, a lot of people thought he was, uh, you know, being a little bit rude, I think some people were saying, or whatever, too. Some of the backups and things like that because of the way he was talking, I think, during the game about third, fourth quarter and that whole thing. I'm not 100% sure where they got that from, but I enjoyed Dan Quinn a lot more after hard knocks last night than I did – going into Hard Knocks sure. mm-hmm. last night. And I think also getting a chance to see Dak, I fucking love that guy. I did not know that's what Dak was like. I, I like. I mean, any guy, okay, that speaks like similar to how I speak, I immediately go, okay, I appreciate the way this person operates. <laughs> now, then you have to judge what's coming out of their mouth in a similar fashion that I speak or that we speak or anything like that. To judge, I thought Dak was like, consummate competitor i think he was super chill and cool seems like he's loved by everybody i think he is i mean i did not know any of this about Dak because every interview super nice super smiling always portrays like the perfect quarterback basically he's the quarterback of america's team the dallas cowboys he you know, he sent Tony Romo to the booth, basically, out of nowhere, out of Mississippi State. I mean, he has always been getting a chance to see that side. I think I appreciate. That's why I think I appreciate Hard Knock so much. Zeke, love Zeke, too. Mm-hmm. I, have, awesome. I thought I would hate Zeke, by the way. Like, respect Zeke as a... Uh, player, respect everything he's done. I haven't followed closely enough, just only known him. Thought, not hate, is that's a very strong word, but I thought like I wouldn't be like a fan of Zeke if I met him as a person or whatever. Fucking love Zeke last night. Mike McCarthy, oh, he so gave good. a speech about being from Pittsburgh, basically, that I was like, hey, Mike, I appreciate everything you're doing down You know, like I loved Mike McCarthy. I loved the interactions between Mike and either the players or Mike and Jerry, you know, Jerry Jones. Let's yeah. go. Put the yeah. soda. On that fucking McGriddle. McGriddle. <laughs> yeah. First off, a lot of people are going after him for the amount of salt he put on that McGriddle. What? Can we just Fuck fucking him. talk about Jerry Jones, multi-bazillionaire, still eating McDonald's? Yeah, hell yeah. Respect. Like, I love that. I, I don't know if that was just for the show. I've not, because that is, Jerry Jones is the best promoter of all time. <laughs> That's true. Jerry Jones, I need to make people think that I'm at least a little bit relatable. They still eat that fucking... Uh, the fucking place
5: with the arches?
0: (laughs) Get me one of those fucking sandwiches and bring me all the salt because I know it tastes like shit. (laughs) I don't know if that is what happened or not, but he did put an alarming amount of salt on that thing. I love it. I love it because I am somebody (laughs) that enjoys salts as well. He's you know lived a very full and successful life doing that and i'm pretty that's bump for me that's good news sodium for the overload though yeah cuz assume you uh, you assume a doctor at some point will tell you hey you shouldn't do this or whatever <laughs> jerry's lived a great life long yeah, life uh-huh, he's doing that i'm on his side here you know what i mean without, i am without that's a doubt rich coming from z oh, oh, all, oh, oh, I saw that coming i love pepper zito me, too. me too by the way me too mm-hmm. i wasn't always a pepper guy i was mostly yeah. just a salt guy then once i started to dabble with the pepper as well i was like huh pretty good This does add flavor I like so this. I mean, I couldn't imagine a pepper on a McGriddle. No. Oh, but, yeah, it's just good. Don't do that. Pepper it up. I egg. Mean, I mean, unless yeah. Jerry was... I mean, Jerry's just trying to change the taste of that thing completely, right? I mean, with the amount of salt he was putting in there. <laughs> yeah, he, I
4: mean, he, he wasn't tasting anything but salt. He was basically <laughs> getting, like, the little syrup nugget that's in the middle of the McGriddle thing and then salt, which, hey, you know, I'm an egg Mc, their own.
0: I'm an Egg McMuffin guy. Always have been. And always Mc- will be. Whenever they want McDonald's all day, I was very pumped about it because I could get an Egg McMuffin at dinner. Egg McMuffin just... Has always had the perfect texture, the perfect flavor. Just every it was the perfect breakfast sandwich in my eyes. And they've they're no longer going all day, by the way.
4: No. It's bullshit. Or they stop at ten thirty.
0: What the
6: fuck? Yeah, what
4: are about. we doing,
0: dude? This is like the NFL getting rid of the taunting stuff. Like, yo, where are we going back in time right now? Is it that hard to toss in the goddamn Canadian bacon? No. Ham? Is it that what? hard to just crack an egg into a thing and drop it into the same fryer you were dropping into? What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Why are we going backwards? I don't know.
4: Well, and then you can still get a hash brown at, like, 6 p.m., you know? So Which is good news, They're basically. picking and choosing. Yeah. It's like, hey, we we know. It ain't that damn hard to make an egg McMuffin at 6 p.m. Did
0: you expect Jerry to be a McGriddle guy? Uh,
4: no, but when I saw it and, like, the way he was, like, putting it on there, I was like, okay, yeah, Jerry Jones eats that every single day for yeah. <laughs> With, without, without question. Like, yeah, he's not, that's no, bull, like, I didn't, that's not for the camera like jerry jones is smashing a mick griddle a hash brown and a mcdonald's coffee every single morning
0: i was about to say do you think he has like one of those old guy coffee meetups at mcdonald's there was one back in our hometown (laughs) that they weren't allowed in the building because of covid so they all brought their own coffee and chairs and sat in a parking lot in a circle Oh, that's awesome badass that mcdonald's morning coffee group i think is like kind of like live by it die by it for some people i wonder if jerry's one of those guys what if jerry goes into a McDonald's coffee shop every morning. Reads the paper. Mm. Who should I draft this year? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it, I'm going to build my own stadium. (laughs) Jerry's the best. Him saying last night, I will do... I think he he said, like alluded to, as you all know, basically, I would do anything known to mankind to get in a Super Bowl or be in a Super Bowl. Like, I wonder if he's always been that desperate for this type of like for the Super Bowl, if he's always been that competitive or if he's starting to view it like everybody else. Like, hey, it's been a while. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, like Jerry was just at the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of celebrating of the good old days whenever things were fantastic and wins were happening at those Hall of Fames. I wonder if, like Mara over there at the Giants, who said, I'm sick of the, uh, explaining to people why we why we suck. I wonder if Jer has gotten to the point where he's also like everybody else, or is this every single year? You know, Is this Jerry cutting a promo every single year like this, or is he potentially thinking, it's been a while, and who knows? I mean, is... Is that what this is, or has he always been like
2: that? I'd say it's definitely been a while. I mean, he was tearing up at that press conference that you're talking about where they kind of started off with after, for some reason, they thought it was a good idea to show Dak's leg bent what uh, 360, uh, 360 that degrees. It's like, hey,
0: we remember what happened. Okay, hard knocks. Three, four times they showed it. Yeah, I they going to blur it. Huh? I thought they were going to blur it. Yeah, they and I was did. like, holy shit. The internet has done us all a favor by blurring it. And yeah. HBO's like, oh, hey, wait. by the way, fresh out the gates. Fucking yeah. remind them. Mutt, yeah, yeah, we are throwing high heat, <laughs> yeah. three pitches right in a row to start this thing up, and it, it was—I forgot hard. how gruesome it was. Yeah. I it was really cramp, did. Ridiculous. Yes. I didn't wow. realize he tried breaking it back in place. Yeah, and then the other person did. Yeah, right. That came. So, I, I somehow avoided seeing it after the initial happening. I somehow avoided seeing it ever again so I saw it one time the first time it was enough for me to understand then when everybody talks about it afterwards cool I do not enjoy looking at that shit no okay I I do not at all last night when HBO led off the fucking show with that basically uh, almost immediately Mm -hmm. and I understand it's a big part I understand it's a massive part of the story But me, there's a lot of people that enjoy that type of shit, I guess, on the internet. And people that, I guess there is. I mean, there's people that do a lot of stuff on the internet, but there's people that enjoy terrible things happening to other people on the internet. And I'm not one of those people. I got pretty uncomfortable there. See that thing again? But then looking at how small of a scar it was, it was a small scar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I have a bigger scar, like on my knee from trying to jump a bike over, like, Maybe some wood or something growing up as a kid, <laughs> just scraping that thing that he has on his ankle. And he called it his little wishbone, I think is how he referred mm-hmm. to it or whatever. And that thing is small. How doctors, like, how'd they get in there, fix that from that tiny of a thing, or did they tie it? I mean, out? and how was he back running around? <laughs> yeah. And I just, they, all this shit is insane to me. I think, so I guess watching it one more again did cement, like, hey, remember, This was terrible, what he went through. And he's already back. I guess it tells that story. But they hammered him a bit too much. Oh, yeah. yeah. A bit too much. How would you feel about the bikes at training camp?
2: Uh, The little uh, commuter they had was pretty sweet. It looked nice. You're
0: talking about like the one that Zeke stole from Dak when he was sitting outside? And then they put the four on the front of it (laughs) quickly afterwards. Like, hey, I know everybody kind of fucks around with these bikes. We don't have enough for everybody. It's kind of a little game. But that guy actually needs it, okay? (laughs) And uh, let's show you the first five minutes of Hard Knocks here to tell you why he (laughs) needs it. Boom. bang, bang. But... That's a really nice area. I think Zeke it had like an apartment. Yeah. And, and they roll into that cafeteria that, almost, in Oxnard, California. It Should almost we,
4: looks like it, and I don't know if it is, it almost looks like it was built for the Cowboys training camp. Like it was kind of weird, like the way those apartments were set up. Like you, it looks like, you know, like this, maybe not this year, but like this has been a plan to like build this stuff up for Cowboys training camp.
0: And watching how nice that place was, because I knew they had traveled, but I didn't know how it operated. You know, because it was mm-hmm. really fascinating. This is before teams were in LA, you know, and Jerry's from the LA area or whatever. So, him taking training camp to Los Angeles, which is where every other team that was looking to build a new stadium would threaten to leave uh, to, Jerry kind of cemented himself in there to kind of build up a fan base whenever he saw a little bit of an absence there. Moving the, the training camp there, I always thought had to be hell on earth for the players and coaches and the equipment managers and the athletic trainers and everything like that because moving stinks. And then after seeing it last night, I was like, oh, we went to Anderson, Indiana and stayed in some sh- – they were nice, but – public bathroom right everything like it's that stunk. and it, it stuck you still had to go stay somewhere so getting on a plane i guess and flying from dallas to california and then just staying there i guess it's not that big of a difference the only negative would be if you didn't have any fans or whatever if you wanted to open it up for the public like from a business standpoint and the cowboys have fans everywhere so after watching last night i thought like oh this is brilliant how come more people don't do this type of thing to build their fan base like that seems like a good idea. And it was a for the players. And if it wasn't set up with, like, full apartments for guys yeah. and everything like that, it, they've made it very easy. I mean, that seemed like a really good idea. And once again, that's Jerry Jones fucking being a genius.
2: What did you think about the uh, Mike McCarthy mojo drill?
0: Okay. So I didn't fully understand what it was going to be. At all. So I think it was a... Uh, I think he was what, like put the fire out type situations or like big time situations. That's how he's calling situational football. I think is how he's describing those situational things. Like okay, he said third down in eight or down to eight. Yeah. That, that so those happen in every practice right there's always some sort of situation that you're working on normally third downs are one day and first two are the other and then there's a fast friday and then a walk through on saturday and then the game week so but every single day whether it's you're working on first down second down or whatever there's situations in there you know like if it's second and long you have to work on that and they're radioed in and For us, the only reason why I know this is because some of those situations do have a kick at the end if it happens, right? So, like, hey, two-minute drill, 135 left. It might even be a situation that another team actually had this past season where there was no timeouts, how they handled it first, how uh, they would handle it instead. Uh, Maybe something they did last year. Like, for instance, the the Chargers. There was a lot of situations where the Chargers – were handling uh, the situation terribly. Yeah. They were in the lead. Okay, we're trying to run four-minute offense here. Everybody on earth knows that when you're in the lead at the end of the game, you're trying to stay in bounds, you're trying to keep that clock running because guess what? The clock runs, game ends. Who's in the lead? You are. You win. Okay, so that's just smart football. All right, That is just what you have to do. The Patriots have dominated in these types of things. Football IQ is how it's described, but it's all situational football, basically. The Patriots have dominated for so long. The Chargers will probably go through, in practice, in different times, situations that they potentially fucked up last year. Now, whether Staley tells them that is what they're doing, or somebody remembers it, or if they're doing something else, all those things happen. So, I thought the mojo moment was going to be something I hadn't seen before. I think he was maybe going to add some energy to it or something like that. Or, But it just seemed like it was just situational football and pretty big plays, which I guess he's trying to point out like, hey, you know, there are plays in the game and then there are plays in the game that you have to show. I don't know. I'm not 100% in, but just like Mike McCarthy said, if you get a chance to use an Austin Powers line, you do. You <laughs> and that's And that is what you have to do. But bringing energy, you know, to practice and trying to make something that is very routine, Feel new is a massive part of coaching. You know, like uh, things can get stale. You have to change things up and bring energy. Like the gold member, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean. Uh, Which a lot of people said, "Wow, isn't that interesting?" Mike McCarthy's using Austin Powers one year after the. Oh,
4: no kidding! That's I mean, but hey, what? Hey, no kidding! That's you didn't hear? (laughs) You didn't read that last night? No, I mean I. I when I was watching, I was like, "Oh, oh you were pushing yeah. the narrative." Well, I, I, I didn't say anything, but you know, I mean, that's very convenient. But outside of it's weird because with the Cowboys, it seems like you kind of know everybody on the team already. But like you said, like I would never really seen anything from Dak. Like you what we get of these guys is such like a polished kind of bullshit Bullshit, version of it. So it's awesome to see Like, was there anyone else that you saw last night that you're like, Oh, I like this guy. I want to see like, you know, what's going to happen the next few weeks here.
0: All right. So coach bones, we learned a lot about Mm -hmm. all right. Fossil son of a coach, legendary coach has been a wizard special teams coordinator for a long time and also been on coaching staffs. I think that let him do his thing, you know, like I think he was with Fisher And Fisher let him run a a bunch of fakes with Johnny Hecker, who is a fucking freak athlete. And then whenever he uh, went with McVay, they continued to let him do a bunch of insane stuff. He got paid a bunch to go to Dallas when they were trying to fix up their special teams because of how, you know, he has had a lot of success. And I think Mike McCarthy actually said last year, like, I I talked to Bones about stuff because I think he's super high football IQ. A lot of special teams people are, by the way, because a lot of situational football... um, Situations end up with around special teams, a punt, a kick, uh, something like that happens. So, learning that he's been neutered and then reopened was fascinating. Mm -hmm. That was a fascinating thing to learn (laughs) about him. But it seems like he had great connection with his uh, players. They loved it. Uh, I think the guy said, "You're a soldier or something." At the end of that, and he was like, "All right, well, he's got that room. I mean, the room, and they are very tight." And I guess that's how you can learn about each other. And the only way you can, you know, kind of grow together is if you learn more about. And I feel like HBO was like, hey, here's a special teams coordinator. Uh, I don't know if you know he exists or not, but you're about to learn a lot about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his, uh, him and his team got along great. Micah, I enjoyed Micah. I thought he was a fascinating guy out there. He flies to the football. The oh juice. Yeah. He flies around. Now, Tan Diggs was all upset after the preseason, uh, the Hall of Fame game, because people were crowning Parsons right. as a uh-huh. new legend in the NFL or whatever. And uh, after watching that, I'm like, I don't think it was just after that. I think in the Cowboys camp, they're very excited about Micah being there. Like even Vanden Bosch or whatever, uh, who he's not calling the plays anymore, by the way. I think Micah's actually calling plays. And Sean Lee's out now. And, and, you know, it's kind of like a turnover almost. Seems like he's joking, like, like he's having a great time with him. And I think anytime that type of thing happens, I think when you see somebody that's special, who also I like, whenever the teammates like, like I, I'm a yeah. big judge, like which I wish they would have showed more of the team interacting with each other. I wonder why they didn't do more of that. A little maybe preview. You,
4: well, I was gonna say maybe just because it typically, like most other teams, they wouldn't have had the Hall of Fame game, so like they had to dedicate you know 25 minutes to that or whatever. I'm, I, and
0: hey, no
2: Jerry, Jimmy. Nothing.
4: Yeah, true. True. I was surprised What's, by that. Might What's that been, all uh, about?
2: Jerry might have been like, hey, we still don't want to put Jimmy Johnson in the Ring of Honor, so can you leave that out of the episode? I don't want to remind people.
0: Because that was uncomfortable. It did feel like that. Well, oh, it? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, this guy's done a lot for the Cowboys. And uh, when we started that Ring of Honor, <laughs> it was. Uh,
2: you know, we can't just let everybody. Can't anymore. let everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna
2: overshine
0: on the whole entire <laughs> thing. <week>. Yeah. <laughs> do you wanna announce that he's going in right now? Well, okay. I can't do are we? Do I don't wanna I don't wanna take any any shine from the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> what a moment. They were I mean they were putting him that wasn't in there at all though. There was no, no. Jerry Jimmy. I wonder if if that got left on the cutting room floor, or if they weren't even allowed to film that type of stuff. Yeah,
2: maybe they're already putting the episode together, editing it, or everything. Or no, because it was before the game. But uh, were you a little surprised with the Dak Mike McCarthy
0: interactions?
2: No. It was a little odd sometimes.
0: Really? Just so, a little. Okay, so they don't know each other at all. At all. Like, I, I think that is something that. I noticed while watching last night, oh, these two dudes don't know each other at all because <laughs> yeah. last year Dak gets hurt with COVID. He's not like in the facility. Ah. He's, he's out of the building getting mm-hmm. surgery. He did his whole thing. Now, it was Cowboys doctor, so maybe they did check on him and maybe Mike McCarthy was talking to him every single day. I'm not a 100% sure because I don't think Dak would want to be in the COVID. I don't oh, think so. Clock, right yeah. So although Mike has been there for a year, and Dak has obviously been there for. I don't know if they know much about each other. I mean, maybe OTAs they got a chance to get learn about each other. This is maybe you know their second training camp because they did go through it. Late, but I don't think they know a lot about each other. Whenever they were around. Last year, that was when the locker room was allegedly saying that Mike McCarthy's t- coaches can't coach, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh-huh. And
0: it wasn't Dak necessarily saying it, but somebody at the locker room was saying early on last year it was not good between the players and Mike McCarthy. Not good at all. And then Dak gets hurt and it only got worse, it looked like. And then towards the end, it almost felt like there was a little bit of a, hey, we're in this thing together. There's watermelons getting smashed yeah. and everything like that. So I don't know how much they know about each other, but I do like, I do like that. He said something that Dak potentially perceived as a lead for him to, (laughs) you know, maybe make Dak think like he looked bad or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, like a slight or whatever. And then Mike, I'm I'm just busting your balls, (laughs) (laughs) champ. Just busting your balls, champ. All right. Just busting your balls. (laughs) they don't know anything about each other.
2: No, and he was so pissed that oh. he couldn't practice again.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I've been out enough or whatever. Yeah, like I've sat enough. I, I mean, what? The, yeah, I'll that tell old, you
2: if I'm fucking sore.
0: Yeah, yeah, that injury. Yeah, the GPS said five seventy five. Hey, what was the GPS course? How about Mike McCarthy <laughs> yeah. wearing a button down shirt, having that five seventy five conversation? <laughs> Just me thinking of what's going through his head. Five seventy five, fucking high. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. And what did that mean? What's the high score? Is it 600? What is 575? I don't know what it means, but it sounded very high. But they gave us no other numbers in comparison. No. This is kind of like the Olympics when we watch one of those sports we know nothing about. Like, hey, you got to give us a fucking layman
2: here. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You,
0: Like Mike McCarthy, what was your score today? You know, like, let us know what his score was. I was
4: at 375. What?
0: Oh. <laughs> hey, let me know what Zeke's was. So I think that'll... That would obviously – but they only have a certain amount of time, I guess, is what they're thinking. But Dak was not thrilled that he had to watch other people take – Reps with the ones that are very important, by the way, to a quarterback coming back for timing and everything like that. Uh, but then in the end, obviously, he ends up straining a muscle. And Jay Glazer told us it's under here, mm-hmm. right? He told us it's under here or whatever. Baseball. Base, yeah, it's a baseball type mm-hmm. thing. And uh, you listen to Mar, their athletic trainer, who talked to Jerry during the McGriddle call. Yep. And also in the meeting, he's the one who said 575. He said that uh, they could go. He could go, but it'd make it much worse if you just let him give a rest for a week i don't know how long they said but if you give him a rest it'll work out better or something like that
4: well and i'm pretty sure i saw on nfl network this morning that Dak is back at practice today and he missed two weeks so i mean it sounds like you know that it, that's really all that needed to be done and next week we should get him you know getting the majority of the reps uh,
0: hey Dak, shouldn't we get in the gym and get some treatment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but hey i appreciate you want to stay out here and all but don't shouldn't we figure out what the hell we got here <laughs> Yeah, you're right. All right, see you later. Cause that was probably when all hell broke loose when Dak walked off the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is probably when the media everyone
2: right. started, you know, spinning some sort of yarn.
0: Which is why Dak maybe didn't want to leave the field also. Yeah. Like on top of and then Mike's like, shouldn't you fucking get some treatment? Now that the world's opening back up so many new thrills Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you when the moment comes, you wanna be ready. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction. Ooh. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh? Last a long time. Banging a banging
2: up, banging bang up. It. Bang yeah,
0: it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all yes. at the home run Derby. That's Boom, right. dingers. <laughs> Downtown. dangers. Bingo. Tone Diggs, did you see my futures bet today? I did. And how do you feel about me betting 250 American to win $32,000? Oh! That was incredible. Those are my favorite type of bets.
6: Uh, except for, I think you're putting... A lot of trust in a guy named Carl Wentz who hasn't been great in the last few years. Back to the
0: graphic. I did pick the Indianapolis Colts to win the AFC South. The interesting thing was I I went through to pick, you know, who I liked and who I didn't like. Mm-hmm. The NFC West was very scary for yeah, me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I am not, I'm not touching it. No. So when I looked down, I said, hey, you know, this is a seven leg parlay mm-hmm. and it's a plus 12,998. <laughs> this is good enough. I don't need to dive into the NFC West, which is going to be a crapshoot. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot of very, very, very talented humans in the football department in the mm-hmm. NFC West, as there is everywhere. But I'm just saying those teams seem to be, I got the bills in the AFC East. well, well. what? Sure, yeah,
2: yeah. I made a similar bet to this, but yeah, go ahead. You had
0: a couple of differences, you, you said mm-hmm. there. Uh, so you probably had the Patriots, but I got the Bills in the AFC East. I got the Browns in the AFC North. <laughs> I got the Colts in the AFC South, Bye. plus 140. That's a good odds booster. A lot of people taking the Titans in the AFC South. It's minus one something, plus 140 there. And then obviously the Chiefs, until they prove that they won't just win games whenever they want to win games, you can't not bet on them. Washington football team is not getting enough love, I don't think, in the NFC East. And let me tell you why. Ryan Fitzmagic, you saw what Heineke was able to do with that Washington football team in the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Son of a bitch, almost beat the Super Bowl champion. Ryan Fitzmagic is a adult version, a graduated version of Heineke, with everything that Ryan Fitzmagic has in in the tank, in the brain. With that team, the way it's been assembled, and Ron Rivera has the vaccination rate up high because at one point he said,
4: "Hey, listen, get fucking vaccinated."
0: That was exactly what he said. Yeah. Uh huh. We actually got audio from the team meeting room, and Ron Rivera was quoted as saying,
4: "You guys need to get fucking vaccinated now."
0: That was a different team meeting, and then even one more time, whenever the the rate was below fifty uh, percent, mm-hmm. and he's coming back obviously from uh, leukemia battle or whatever last season. In the in the third team meeting, we got audio from it. He said,
4: "I'm sick of this. Get fucking vaccinated." <laughs>
0: There's a little bit of a beef, possibly, between Ron Rivera and the team, but sure. I think the vaccination issue was quite a hot topic for everybody in the NFL, and it's getting figured out now. But I like the Washington football team, especially at plus 260, whenever you're doing a seven-leg parlay and you can kind of go ahead yeah. and raise the odds just a little bit, yeah. especially with how they look. Cowboys might be an issue, especially after watching Hard Knocks. Okay, I love Dak. I like Ze- I love Zeke. I like Mike McCarthy. I have no idea how it's going to go. I like to – hey, a fucker's heavier than anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> If I, we, we ain't about winning the division, getting the playoffs. No, it's about world championship, because once you've had it, there ain't nothing else in this business. Yeah. I love Mike McCarthy, and I think the Dallas Cowboys have a chance to be okay, good with him at the helm. But for me, Fitzmagic, Chase Young, that team, with what they were able to almost pull off in the playoffs, that's the last thing. What have you done for me lately? The Washington football team almost surprised the world with Heineke, a quarterback. Even if Heineke has to go in and it's not Fitzmagic, who looks legendary right now Ooh, yeah he looks like he just looks like um you know what was that michael j fox movie where he played basketball but he was Dean uh, wolf. Wolf.
1: wolf
0: it's kind of what his face looks like photo yeah. yeah he, he kind of looks like, and by the way dean wolf good ball dude, oh dude, uh-huh. yeah good jumper did have a great job. People, people made fun of him, though, I think, because he was a little bit different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah was he was mean. a little hairy. Yeah, he was a little hairy. He got bullied. He uh, manscaped. Came. He didn't need manscaped at the time, but at that point, there was no lawnmower 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, or 4.0. Oh, yeah. I oh really yeah. take care of that entire thing with a non uh um, ceramic blade. He also, he also
6: did not pull his penis out, so we don't know if he was manscaped or not in that movie.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> by, to be clear, I got two lawnmowers. All right. I got one for the face. Yep. And then one for bottom face. Everything else. Right. Bottom face. Yep. Bottom <laughs> face. <laughs> Anyways, they could be great. Go back to, in the last pick, Packers, obviously. Bucks, obviously. Yeah, yeah. 250 to win 32,000. I feel pretty good about it. How will it play out? Nobody knows. This is the big, this is big for me. This is a, this is a futures bet, you know, that I'm going to have to stay excited for, for what, the next five months or so. Mm-hmm. I think 32,000 on the line is going to be good, but if any one of these teams start out a little bit slow, this is completely wasted 250 bucks betting on something we know nothing about.
6: <laughs> Let me ask you a quick question. Which three of those are you most confident
0: most confident in uh obviously the, the worst odds so chiefs packers and the bucks okay
6: so, so if you think those three are gonna win their division that is plus two fifty six if you parlay those three to win their division,
0: oh, because then I can just put a quick hundo on that, probably get my money back, is what you're saying. Well,
6: easily, or you put, I put, I, like, if I was thinking your money terms, five thousand to win thirteen thousand.
0: Oh, so you're saying I, oh. if I like those three, how much do I like these? Hammer <laughs> it up! I put five grand on that thing and just keep it moving. All right, <laughs> I appreciate that. Hammer down, boys. You doing uh, future bets, current bets? Can we make money now in Listen, the future?
6: Everyone's paying, playing in the preseason this weekend. One of my favorite ones is the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Cleveland Browns, and this is nothing against Cleveland Browns. It's just that uh Baker's not playing. What? Case Keenum's his backup. He's, a, he's a veteran. What? How much you need to see out of Case. And then the guy down the line, Kyle Laletta. I'm not sure about him. But the Jags, you're gonna have Minshew, you're what? gonna have Trevor Lawrence, what? and you're gonna have CJ Bethard. Well pretty good quarterbacks. I like the Jags minus one this weekend. And 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 Tim Tebow. Big. Hell yeah. What?
0: That's your favorite of the weekend, yeah?
6: It's one of also the under in Dallas and Arizona. Dallas scored three points against the Steelers. Are they good? Yeah, I don't but know.
0: is Dak playing? Probably not because no, the so. muscle strain. And mm-hmm. is Gary Gilbert going to be able to put anything into motion? I, I don't know. A couple more days of practice is huge. That Hall of Fame game, and I said a day of Hall of Fame game, and I mean with all due respect. To all Hall due of respect. course. Yeah. With all due respect. All due mm-hmm. respect. That game is terrible. So bad. Stinks. It is a bad game. Okay, it's a great moment. It's a good watch because everything that's happening at the game. It's almost like it, it decides uh, football becomes like the MLB, almost, for a night. Basically. Where the game stinks, but everything around it is awesome. And that seems to be what the MLB is. And, and by awesome, I mean like Real Housewives type shit that sure. happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bravo TV shit that happens in MLB. But Hall of Fame game, you can't judge it because they're really, the odds are stacked completely against every single team. You only got four or five practices, and you're probably not going to make the team anyway. So are the coaches really giving you as many reps as you need in those four to five practices? Probably not. So I think you potentially see a much different team. The under does feel good, but isn't that what the sports books want you to do after that McCarthy showing, right? Yeah.
6: Until you prove me otherwise. I mean, it's also the highest total of the weekend in the preseason, 40 points for that, that uh, game.
0: Okay. So they're expecting a shootout out there because it's yeah. their second game as opposed to just their first game or whatever. But does that mean anything if, you know, if that's not playing? Exactly. Yeah. Dinuch, oh. by the way, he's doing, uh, he's doing. Uh, the duck yeah. on the thing. Yeah, with the gator on the thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Who, Zito? Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if AJ Hawks' internet was mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Or if our guest of honor was here. And it, it, I would do the same thing if it was AJ. But I am very excited to chat with the person that is joining us right now. There's only 32 of these jobs in the entire world. They actually created an entire thing to act as if you had this job in fantasy football that has taken over the entire world. Just got the biggest deal in guarantees, $150 million guaranteed to their quarterback done uh, just, I think, a week, within the last couple of days. The Bills the team that I bet on in my seven-leg parlay to win the AFC yeah. East and potentially win 32,000, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, general manager of the squad from Buffalo, Brandon B. Yeah! Yeah! What's up, dude? Appreciate that, Pat. How you doing? Hey, congratulations on getting that deal done. There's no way that was easy, right? That, that had to be uh, – th- those are big numbers. That, that, were you a little scared going into that? Did you? How did you expect it to go? And now that it's over, how relieved are you?
7: Well, I curled up in the fetal position a couple of times, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, it was uh, it was good. You know, I don't know how much you have experienced with Josh, but Josh was great, and uh, I know you've done your deals when you play. I thought Josh did a great job of telling his agents what was important and hearing us what was important for us. Those we knew they were going to be big numbers, um, but you know they gave us. You know, we wanted the length of the deal uh, to be a little longer than the standard. Just those numbers are so big, Pat. The, you know, adding a couple of years, you know, a lot of these are four-year deals. Obviously, Mahomes did the 10 a year ago, but um, we thought this was kind of a good compromise of not four, not 10. We got him for, you know, six plus the two we had him. So having him here for eight years is is definitely a relief.
0: Yeah, he's only gotten better. I can't wait to see him this season, especially with the team that you've been able to build. Whenever you see Patrick Mahomes sign that 10-year deal, and then you start seeing like the salary cap Tomfoolery that's going around in a lot of places. And I don't know if normally the NFL sees these types of things and says, hey, cut it the fuck out normally normally that is something that happens or they put it in there but with the the movement of potential money those longer term deals especially at a position where the salary cap hit could be so high in the quarterback is that something that goes into thought as well whenever you're signing for like six years with josh it's like okay we've seen the salary cap gymnastics that others have done or are you just trying to get that deal done regardless knowing that you can kind of deal with next year whenever you get there yeah it's
7: a little bit of both i mean This was the first year the cap's ever gone down Pat. So that was probably one of our biggest obstacles was a lot of these big quarterback deals, put a lot of cash up front year one or year two. And while we weren't able to do it year one for Josh, we made up for it and then some in year two. And um, just again, hopefully we don't have another COVID issue, but this just gives us more flexibility, you know, versus a, you know, a three-year extension or four-year extension to move the money around so that as we sign more players, um, hopefully from our team instead of free agency, but as we extend other guys, we kind of know the years that Josh's cap numbers are going to be higher and we can build those contracts around it to make them lower in the years that Josh's numbers get really high.
0: That makes a lot of sense, and uh, I think that's why you've done such a fantastic job of building that team up there with Coach McDermott and a lot of patience in how you've done that. I asked you like a year ago, I think, around this time, maybe a little bit earlier, Cam Newton had been a free agent for 86 days or something like that, and he didn't have a team, and a lot of people were like, hey, maybe the Bills, because he and Josh Allen are similar, both big, both athletic, maybe the Bills would take a shot, and you said no 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 we're we're empowering josh allen to know that this is his team this is 100% we're all behind him and i found that incredible to hear and I assume Josh Allen did as well and you just said hopefully you sign your own guys but it feels like there's a lot of free agents nowadays maybe more so than in the past that if they see a good team with a great quarterback there's a chance you're going to be able to get more players are you going to dabble in that do you see the game going that way or do you just kind of you you can't really predict what you're going to do with the roster in the future
7: yeah, I mean, you do want to reward your own. You know how important that is, you know, being in a locker room, seeing guys, your buddies, your teammates get rewarded for doing the right things off the field, on the field. But um, we do want to be an attractive place because every year you, you are going to have to find guys, whether they're minimum-type players, uh, mid-level salaries, or if you ever do decide to go trade for a guy like Stefan Diggs or whoever it is, yeah. you want them to be excited to be here. And, you know, I always looked at Green Bay when I was coming here knowing that, there's always thoughts about uh, playing in a cold city. Some people don't want to do that. But you don't hear that about Green Bay ever since Reggie White and Brett Favre went there. And then, obviously, Favre hands the baton to Rodgers. You don't hear about that. but And when Buffalo, when Jim Kelly was here, you didn't hear about it. But it had been so long since there had been a franchise quarterback. That, to me, was the number one thing we had to do here was find a guy. And... Um obviously we, we showed that with the contract the other day. We do believe Josh is our guy here for the long term.
0: Everybody's looking for a guy. They're doing everything they can to get a guy. Some places have a guy and they're trying to kick him out of there and not be their guy. That's for a whole nother day. <laughs> and I like that you laughed. Don't say anything, obviously get you into some shit. Or maybe <laughs> if you want to. But when you look at Josh Allen and how good he has grown has gotten each offseason, I mean I don't think any of us expected it. You did, obviously, because you're the one that brought him in and had faith in him and belief in him. But where he has gone has been unbelievable year over year. And I think there was something where he put sensors on his arm, like a golf swing, and he got it all dialed in. But the team has obviously gone as he has gone win a playoff game last year, as you did the year before. How do you guys take it to the next step? What is the big focal point, you think, to really get the Buffalo Bills into that place that they, you know, the four falls or whatever that happened way back in the day? But how does that happen, you think, especially in an AFC that's loaded right now at the top?
7: Yeah, the AFC is loaded. Um, You know, the first thing, we, we, we it's a new year, so we still have to go win our division. Last year was the first time we did that, Pat, and that gives you the home games. And, you know, we know that people do not want to come to Orchard Park in January and play up here. We know the advantage that that is, and our guys saw that. Just, you know, we beat Indy uh, round one and Baltimore round two. Uh, we just need to get that third game, that AFC Championship, instead of having to go to Kansas City or somewhere. We need them to have to come here. But um, the regular season will be important for that. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for us in in the Kansas City game was. We didn't get after Mahomes enough, you know, with our front, and so we tried to address that. It's hard to do that in free agency; those those pass rushers, as you know, are so expensive. But uh, our first two picks in the draft were pass rushers, and um, we get Star lately back up front who opted out last year. You got to win up front, and we just feel that could that that's probably the piece. Keep our offense where it's at. Try to make it better. Uh, and then just make our defense a little stronger.
0: You've done a great job building up there. It's been fun to watch the Buffalo Bills. Most importantly, as you guys continue to get better, Bills Mafia gets more spotlight. You know, and you kind of alluded to Orchard Park, but what's going on in the parking lot also? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the things are getting thrown on the field. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo is an awesome environment. Always has been. Always will be. It seems like the entire city's behind you. I think we talked to you about this, you know, maybe – after last season, but you know, a little bit ago, the crowd not being able to experience last year was such a bummer. How have you have you heard from Bills Mafia during his training camp? Like, uh, it, what is the environment like? I assume it has to be electric because Buffalo has been waiting for this for a long, long time. We saw it outside the airport after the win. Josh Allen had it. That has to be something that's exciting for everybody in Buffalo, right?
7: Yeah, it really is. I mean, there there is. There is nobody that matches Bill's Mafia, and um, that's not just the company line. I think people – every no one would dispute that that I've run into. Um, you know what? We've had two open practices in our stadium so far this year, and, you know, we've had eighteen to 20,000 at those. And, you know, it's just – it's been awesome for our players to see that because even Stefan Diggs, you know, last year was his first year here. He didn't get to play in front of fans except the two playoff games. I think we had like sixty-seven hundred here, and even that was at the time was exciting because it was better than nothing. But yeah. um, this Pittsburgh home opener here with a you know close ASC, you know that's going to be a slobber knocker and uh, a rival. I think you know they'll obviously travel their fans, but. Uh, Bill's Mafia will be uh, out of control for sure.
0: We were in Pittsburgh when you guys took on uh, Duck and them. Yeah, And Pittsburgh is a very, you know, obviously prideful place. The fan base travels there everywhere. A lot of Bill's Mafia in Heinz <sighs> uh-huh. We were there. It got – I didn't expect to ever see Heinz Field like that. Bill's Mafia, I think, does deserve – a lot more credit and before the boys have a question for you mr bean i can't thank you enough for your time there was a a rumor that you and josh allen golfed together going into this entire contract thing is that real and is that how you do business because if that is the case i have the utmost respect for that you guys hey let's go get on four and a half hours out on a golf course i'll watch you hit that thing 390 yards and let's figure out what the future is is that what that was yeah,
7: that's how I held his guarantee under two hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> <by> the holes. <laughs> so now nah, we usually get out a few times a year. We we belong to the same place, and it's fun just to be able to. Uh, we have that, you know, that that great relationship, and I think it helped work through such a, a difficult deal with where the with where the cap's at. And uh, he's fun to go out there and compete with. Uh, he hits it a long way, but uh, I just have to hope that he hits more errant shots than I do.
0: Are you a good golfer?
7: I'm all right. I'm all right. It's it's, Oh, you're a good golfer. You're a good golfer. (laughs) I'm all right. It's it's fun. Uh, You never get to play enough in this sport, but uh, uh, being in football is kind of done for the year. But I try to play a lot as soon as the draft's over.
0: Oh, he fucking buries great.
7: me. All, <laughs> yeah, you're great. that's awesome.
0: Good for you, man. General manager of a team that's very good and also an incredible golfer that's fantastic. Uh, one last thing here. You just talked about playing and getting out with Josh Allen and belonging to the same course up there in Buffalo. Veach just came out and said that he never sees a situation where he, them and Patrick Mahomes will end up like what's going on over in Green Bay. Obviously, you all have to watch everything that's happening everywhere. Is that something like what Veach said? Would you echo those? those thoughts like the organization and your franchise quarterback have to be on the same page I think we're all kind of watching that unfold as the years continue to go on as well when you got a guy you have a guy is that something that you guys watch from afar or is that just something you already understood obviously
7: yeah I mean I think we we already had that I mean you do see where some situations are better than others and um you know it looks like in Kansas City Veach and and Coach Reed and, and Mahomes all have a great relationship and uh, I would echo that here, that um, we love Josh. We keep Josh very informed, and um, he, he understands that we have a job to do. You know, he's not making personnel decisions, but anything that we think would affect him or affect the locker room, uh, we do try to communicate that to him, knowing he is our franchise guy.
0: Yeah, it's smart, you know. Mm-hmm. That just seems uh. like a smart decision. And Josh can throw that thing 83 yards or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. That's a long way. Is he not the perfect guy for Buffalo? By the way, he's the perfect quarterback for Buffalo, right?
7: He is. I I told, I probably spent more time uh, at the press conference after we drafted him because not everyone was for this move when we took him, but explaining to the local media that, you know, when our city sees who Josh Allen is and what we knew about him at that time, he was the perfect fit of all the guys to to come here. He's just a regular blue collar. He grew up on a farm. I mean, he is everything this city is about, and then some.
0: Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Brandon,
2: uh, massive Patriots fan here, so very nice to see you guys having success. Not really, but there was a report <laughs> last week or two weeks ago uh, that the Bills were actually going to move to Texas. When can we expect the Austin, <laughs> the Austin Texas Bills to happen? Twenty twenty three, or what do we think on, here? Oh, uh, we're, we're focused on Buffalo. Uh, we
0: yeah, sure. Don't, uh, what a yeah.
7: joke. No, not nothing. Uh, we're not moving. Nothing like that. We're we're we're, we're planning to stay here.
0: Isn't that crazy, though? Uh, you're probably a football guy and obviously a golf guy as well, and then all of a sudden reports come out, and now you got to start talking about business geography. was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Go ahead, Ty. I just
7: stay in my lane. Uh, focus on this thing. Yeah, that's smart.
4: Go ahead, Ty. Brandon, when you put together a team like this, and obviously Buffalo hadn't had a uh, success for such a long time <laughs> – I mean, I guess you can't because if you get complacent, then you're obviously going to be gone. But is it tough not to, like, look at the, the roster and the personnel that you have and be like, okay, there's really not much more we can do in terms of getting this team to a Super Bowl?
7: No, I mean, that's not how I'm wired. You're always looking. You're always worried. Uh, what's your contingency plan? How, are you deep enough at this position? Do you have the right guy here? What happens if you get an injury? You're always studying the other 31 rosters uh, just to look for anything and keeping your ear to the ground. Hey, is there a, a player out there that, that maybe uh, is unhappy or, or not fitting it in one team that, hey, this guy adding him to the mix, he could really give us another notch or, or add depth. So it's just, you never relax in that. You know, I know it sounds from afar like, you know, the fantasy football world, but in this seat, you're always worried about what could go wrong or when somebody's going to get injured.
0: So obviously you guys are interested in michael thomas you don't have to say
7: it but <laughs> the so the yeah. breaking
0: news yeah, yeah. <laughs> put it on the ticker put it on the, no um so you said that whenever you brought in Stefan Diggs, you said that to us. I, there was a sense of something, and it's like, hey, as a general manager, I'm doing my team in organization a disservice if we hear something is up, not to check into it. And that was fascinating to hear from you because I didn't know if that was how you would hope that's what a GM would do because it is like fantasy football almost. But whenever you watch preseason games, and we've always said, hey, preseason games matter because – third and fourth quarters, second, third, fourth quarters. Those are an audition, a tryout for all 32 teams, including the team that they are currently on now. Do you guys get tape from practice of guys maybe that aren't going to make a team anywhere else? And is that why preseason games are so important? And how are you watching third and fourth quarters of these games? I and mean, what are you trying to get? Like, hey, this guy has no idea what he's supposed to be doing, but he's giving good effort. Like, how do you judge these preseason games differently than me or fans would?
7: Yeah, I mean, you're. Well, I think fans is as you get down to the you know second and third you know string, maybe players they don't know, maybe they kind of tune out a little bit. Uh, that's when we tune in because those are the guys that you're. You're really what you don't, Pat, is you're comparing their their guy, their their 51st player, their 52nd player on their roster to yours. Is it is it an upgrade? Is there is their sixth linebacker? Uh, is he better than your 6th you You're just. You're trying to always incre- incrementally upgrade. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not as good of a linebacker as your guy, but maybe he's a kick-ass on special teams. Just, thank you, thank you. Um, so you're always you're always looking for anything. And again, uh, the Stefan Diggs thing. We you know we're always listening. We're always looking. Um, probably 99% of the things we check into never amount to anything. But you don't want to miss on the one percent. Hey, we heard this guy's. You know, potentially could be traded or not. Nah, that's not true. Not nah, we dig into everything, and if we now we may dig into it. He may be traded, but we may go. He's really not for Buffalo or for our team. But we're always going to kind of look and see what's out there just to make sure it's not something that could upgrade our roster.
0: Jim Irsay told us that he has a phone that has thirty-two buttons on it, like it's Blues Glue's, <laughs> and it's all it's all the or thirty other buttons, and it's all the other owners. So, in this particular case, he had to get a hold of Bruce Arians in the middle of the Chuck Strong Mm -hmm. Foundation because he wanted to know if Bruce Arians' uh, opinion on whether or not he should bet a million dollars against Chuck Pagano making a free throw. So, in the middle of the (laughs) night, he's calling the Glazer family because he needs Bruce Arians on the phone (laughs) because he wants to know if he should bet Chuck for a million dollars, okay? Oh,
7: my God. Yeah, that
0: happened. (laughs) It would be cool to be a billionaire, by the way. But do do you have one of those buttons, too, that whenever you hear something's up you just have to call in text and do people actually not answer phone calls because you always hear like uh they're not answering phone calls is that just like a a saying or an actuality was how some of these situations are
7: yeah i think there's always a few people that are a little harder to get hold of but most most gms around the league um if they miss your call they're gonna call you right back it's kind of a mutual respect most of us have or if you miss them they shoot them a text hey you may be busy give me a shout back i would say uh, you know, nine, ninety-five to hundred percent of them, are get right back to you because we all understand. So
0: we're being lied to. I'm being lied to. I'm told people aren't answering we're phone calls. Uh, yeah.
7: I mean, there might be one or two. Pat, I'm not gonna Whoa. say all thirty-two
0: will call back, but.
7: I'd say twenty nine thirty to thirty two. Call back, so you are being lied to.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, I hate to break the news. You just said I hate to be the bearer of bad news. You and other GMs have a lot of respect for each other. Is there like a good friendly competition, or do you guys know you have to do business with each other, so it has to be kind of act as such?
7: I think you know you you have guys that you're real close to that you talk to more than others, uh, and then you probably have some that you just do business with. You only call them uh, or text them, or in the same him on the reverse side of that, texting you, straight business. Sometimes it's you're just seeing how they're doing or how they handled a certain situation. Guys you count on, whether it's a a mentor, someone that's been in the business for a while, or someone you kind of grew up with. So it's kind of all over the board. But, um, you know, you always keep your lines of communication, no matter how great the relationship is. If another GM calls you, out of mutual respect, if you miss the call, you try and get right back to them.
0: You watched Hard Knocks last night?
7: No, uh, I missed it. Was it hey, good?
0: Hey, you're missing valuable film on uh, some yeah. of these guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, what is this guy even care about the buffaloes? <laughs> it, it's unbelievable. Oh, How's training camp going up there? It's
7: good. It's good. You know, we we usually do it in Rochester, but with the COVID thing, we, we stayed home again this year. Uh I really like camp away personally, but uh we do have great facilities here and and great great fields. So, it's it's fine to this point. I'm glad we're getting to games. We play at Detroit Friday. So, um, it, it's at that point, the dog days of camp, where guys are about to, you know, fight each other because they're tired of hitting each other and they're ready to hit somebody else.
0: Uh, fighting. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the. <laughs> The world after a training camp fight now is wild. There's people that come out unprofessional. What archaic is is happening, and then everybody else who I think has ever been in a training camp is like, ah, uh, they're running their heads into each other in 110 degree heat. This could happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
7: yeah. It could happen, and it will happen. It's not. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when.
0: Mr. Bean, we thank you so much for your time. I know you're very busy, sir. Enjoyed
7: it. Appreciate you guys, Pat. Y'all have a good
0: one. Hey, tell the boys. By the way, this Friday. This is going to be the first time that MCDC and the boys get a chance to Mm -hmm. gnaw kneecaps. Fucking look out. Careful. You know what I mean? (laughs) Look out over there.
7: We got to get their kneecaps before they get ours. Hey man,
0: ladies (laughs) and gentlemen, general manager of the Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean. Thank you sir. In the first ever appearance by the greatest of all time, the head of the table, the tribal chief, the universal champion, the man who carries Friday night smack Don, the greatest show in sports entertainment, ladies and gentlemen, Roman Reigns.
3: What's
0: up, dude? What's up, boys? Hey, man, uh, you wear a tank top because I wore a tank top today, Roman? Is that... (laughs) Is that, is that what? Is that what you got going on? I didn't know. I didn't know if that's what we're doing. Uh, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. How are you? How's life?
5: It's all good, man. Everything, life's great. Life's okay. great, and I, I'm from Florida. I'm a Florida boy. We wear tank tops, man.
0: Okay, that's I'm, what we do. I'm from Pittsburgh. You know, so uh, I'm white trash. So this is what I. <laughs> this is what I do. Uh, you are a week and a half out uh, from. You know, you taking on John Cena. And, and listen, Michael Cole, you know, he had his entire, I mean, mm-hmm. moment, whenever the brr, Paul Heyman's version was much better, obviously. But when the music hit, Michael Cole loses his mind. There's that whole moment. Guess who's back? And then all of a sudden, immediately upon arrival, he goes, you know what? Roman Reigns is who I want in this entire thing, which is kind of your life now. Week and a half out, having to go through this now uh, with John Cena, this whole, as it's gone through here, just your thoughts on the entire situation and John Cena as a human.
5: Uh, I, man, I, like like anybody at the top of their game or in a very you know elevated position, uh, I think there's a polarizing effect. There's a lot of good things John Cena's done, obviously, make a wish, very charitable um guy uh but when it comes to our profession in sports entertainment uh he, he's levels below me in this game you know what i mean entertainment is, is storytelling right i'm the greatest storyteller of our generation of our time um and he he's like a he's a big name he's a big star he's a movie star now um but he like so many other greats they they camouflage themselves. They disguise themselves. You see me every Friday night. I I have to dull this shit down. You know what I mean. I come out there in sweatpants and some jays and a mer. You know what I mean. I don't have to throw on the crazy colors. Wear wristbands all over my body. Um, you know I, I don't have to make myself something that I'm not. Hell yeah. Uh, so you know there, there's a lot of different things about John that I think we can all connect to within the th- the good things he does. But to me. If he would have just come here, promote his movies, Suicide Squad, yay, it's a good movie. Go watch it. You can take the, you can open the show. You can, you know, pep up the crowd, do that, and then I'll stay in the main event where I belong and I'll close the <laughs> show and we have been done. So, can have it both ways. But he's ways. smart. You know what I'm saying? He's smart. He did. He, well, he, he's trying to at least, right? He's smart. If I was him and I'm promoting a movie and I want to get that buzz, what do you do? You go to the island of relevancy, right? You go to the tribe chief, and and you try to find the, the the biggest thing cooking right now, and that's me. So he's trying to use my name to promote his movie. So James Gunn, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
8: hey Roman, is is it nice now that you have fans back? Obviously, you got a, like electricity in the air, but I would imagine having those fans back might drown Pat's voice out a little bit. I would assume when it was empty and you had the Thunderdome. You may be able to overhear Pat's voice yelling and his craziness while you're in the middle uh, of the match.
5: Just a punter going nuts A <laughs> the punter going so loud. But yeah, I mean that, thats the nice thing about the crowd, um, the environment, the atmosphere that uh, you know we have in WWE. It's—it's it's unlike anything else, and and the interaction with the fans, it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's quite special. You know, e- everywhere we go, it's like a home game, um, and to have that, you know, that dynamic back. Uh, you know i'm sure pat's you know made note of it and spoke on it it's it's unlike anything man it's it's special
0: it's insane it really and i mean now that I get a chance to be on the other side of the barrier or whatever and know very little but kinda see it and then comparing the business to others, it's just like in front of a live audience every single week, okay? The having to do everything right is unbelievable, unmatched everywhere and that's why you're the GOAT, dude. You come out, okay? The whole bloodline comes out, Paul Heyman comes out Okay, here's 15 to 20 minutes of greatness that's about to take place. Everybody needs to relax and do that. But you have made a couple football comparisons here. Former teammate of yours, Calvin Johnson, just went into the Hall of Fame. Uh, when you were at Georgia Tech, I got a chance to see you throw some people around in the bowl game, obviously. But your football background, and obviously with the family ties, it's almost like you were created to be the greatest superstar of all time. Did you know you were going to be end up in this uh, position, or was football going to be it, and then this ended up happening.
5: Ah, uh, huge shout out and congratulations to Calvin, man. He deserves it. We knew it from day one. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, it was yeah. like oh, yeah. know, it, it was the the spring before he even came in for his freshman year. He got there early, and he was. I mean, he. I, I guess we can't even call it Mawson people anymore. He was megatrotting every. <laughs> and, and we had a couple like really one all-American safety, and he was coming over the top, and he JB couldn't do anything. Uh, so. Huge shout out to him. Uh, for me, you know, it's one of those scenarios where, as a kid and when I was like in football, that's all I wanted to do. And my family's so big in sports, entertainment, professional wrestling, that I didn't, um, I didn't want that to be my identity. I wanted to be able to kind of create my own path. Uh, and then everything just kind of played out the way it was. And, and whenever you know, I made that decision to hang up the cleats and pick up the boots. I told one of the Usos, uh, we were in the bar one night, um, and this is when I was just in my regular, like, I was working for my sister installing office furniture, and we were just smashing beers, and I told him, he, he was already in FCW coming back from the holidays, and I told him, man, I, I think I want to wrestle, and he just, he kind of, he, under his breath, he laughed, and he said, what what do you have to bring to the table, like, what's so special about you to where you think you can, you can do this, because, I didn't, I, you know, I never really trained. I, I've been around the business. I, I watched it growing up just like he he had and his brother had. Um, and it was a very, like, uh, on-point statement from him because he was going through the grind. He was going through developmental, and he was going through, he was in the fire. So, you know, from that on, from, from that moment on, I knew, like, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to put my thumb down on it, but I got something. I got it. And I was starting to shed that football weight. And I started to really see, you know, like the old me coming back. And I just knew if like anything, if you put me into something like when I got to tech or even football in general, when I if I wasn't starting, I would sit in the back like when we're on the cans going through walkthroughs and I watched that dude in front of me and I'd see how he played the technique, what he would do, you know, within and how to counter and how to, you know, the, what the initial game plan was and I'd study it, and I knew that I could make myself do what was happening, what needed to be done, and then also put my own little spin on it. And that's exactly what I did within within uh, you know WWE and sports entertainment.
0: I think what do you worked do now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, AJ. I think it's worked uh, out. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs>
8: <laughs> yes, it has, but now you've been the, the man for a while now with <laughs> WWE, and you have a lot of people behind you, I assume, watching you, trying to emulate you, and, and trying to get your spot. How do you how do you hold people off there's so many people that want you, what you
5: have uh you know it's that fine line you know what i mean where you have to protect yourself value yourself uh be strong and and uh you know you, you fight for creative and and the stories you want to tell but at the same time how uh-huh. i bring value to myself is i've raised everybody's stock anybody that that's why we call it the island of relevancy anybody who steps in the ring with me i, I have a uh, there's a priority there's an obligation for me to make them better than whenever whenever they were you know whenever they leave so um to be able to lift up everybody is a, it's a special trait i think that i have as a performer to make everybody more relevant to make them a better performer to make them um you know get more attention and more eyeballs on them hence why john cena picked me um you know, that, that's uh, like that weird, delicate juggling game that you have to be able to play to be able to protect yours but also make everything better to stay in that top position.
0: Yeah, but, you know... It's been unbelievable to watch just how long you've been able to keep going here, you know, and just continue to raise the game. And that's why Michael Cole says in his eyes, John Cena is the greatest of all time because of how long he did it for or whatever, you know. And whatever Michael Cole can live in his nostalgia game. And by the way, you comparing it to missionary position got a pretty good pop out of me. I I don't know (laughs) if you got a chance to hear that. I mean, but for a long time, he was able to do it. And now you're able to do the same thing. All the old legends now not just johnson not calling john cena old but all the legends are edge obviously first thing hey you know what? I, I want roman john cena hey i want roman everybody on earth assumes that there's going to be a couple other mount rushmore like wrestlers that are potentially going to come back and say hey i want roman reigns can you think about any of that or do you just kind of have to like stay in the current moment how how far forward do you have to kind of think ahead in this game
5: uh, well, I think yeah, you got you gotta. It's it's like goals, right? You gotta have your short term and then your long term goals, um, and obviously stay within you know the discipline of of perfecting every single day and and, and grinding it out to get to those longer, um, you know, viewpoints and and those longer goals. But I mean, I have great help. You know what I mean? I, I have uh, my special my special counsel Paul, Paul Heyman there, who's been in this business for for a long time. He's seen. I mean, the greats come up and a lot of them were under his tutelage. So um, he, he's a great weapon that I have in my arsenal to, to kind of, you know, stay on my shoulder and remind me and be in my ear to tell me different scenarios and, and different uh, ways to play things out um, and how not to just sometimes, you know, from the lineage that I come from. I try to get my way by just being a savage, you yeah. know what I'm saying, just yeah. smashing people and taking it. Yeah. Sometimes you can manipulate in different ways, and, and that's something that I'm very proud of is that I've been able to do it. Um, I've been able to do it politically. I've been able to do it, you know, uh, you know, very master- masterfully um, to get things done without just having to crush everybody.
0: You have crushed everybody, though, as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Go ahead, ahead, Ty.
4: Roman, with Pat doing SmackDown, we've kind of experienced like a microcosm of what you guys have to go through in terms of like the travel. You know, you're on the road 300 days a year. But when you couple that with obviously you have the massive responsibility of basically having the company on your shoulders, and then you also you know you had your cancer diagnosis and like beaten that. has there ever been a point like when you're going through this where it's just like oh shit, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I want to do this anymore?
5: Um, no, you know I mean it's always it's almost like especially once uh, you know my uh, leukemia relapsed and, and we went through all that and then the process to get back and then even the process of like once I was back, there's almost like a, uh, like a year-long portion to where I was almost treading water, just kind of going with the flow, and you know, creative was just happening. And you know, there's—I I don't know—I I was just trying to be um, a team player and, and and make it as easy as possible for the creative uh, situation. And there there <laughs> became a you know that that was a portion of time where I was like, man, I want to be able to prove that I can do this and I can do it at a high level consistently for a long time. And you know i was able to do that and i'm still doing that but i mean i got to the point where i it wasn't just about being like really good anymore i wanted to wanted to go further and i wanted to be great and that's what this whole chapter's been um you know ever since i came back last SummerSlam. so i just i wanted to really raise that bar and not just be a guy with a lot of potential but to to let that that potential play out and be flushed out in front of our audience so they can experience that greatness And, and that's what i'm trying to do every single day man it's a grind every single week it's a battle to uh you know like you know you've seen it pat it is it's it's a huge show it's a huge machine um and we all have our opinions and we all have our uh you know the path that we say see that our characters and these stories should be laid out Um, So it takes a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of experience and a lot of creativity to be able to push your narrative the way you want it.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, there is a lot, especially with you. I mean, with you being the main event every single Friday. I mean, it is it is you can just go ahead and understand that normally to start the show now the summer scene has been a little bit different but normally to start the show roman reigns is coming out and then to close the show roman reigns is coming out there's only a couple billion dollars on the line by the way and uh arenas everywhere to sell out you do an incredible job next week summer slam i can't wait to watch you go to you know battle with michael cole's greatest of all time roman reigns
5: Michael is stupid, isn't he? Come on, on, now. I've been saying Uh, that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, we like John in the beginning of the show. Get him going, you know what I mean? Yell out, you know, bring that yelling charisma and and get the crowd going. And then, like, I think you can be louder town and then get him to scream again. You know, that's fun, right? That's a good time. But it's going to be an ugly night in vegas it's gonna be like like when you get smashed at the table you you're up big you feel like oh man we're, we're going home with some money and then but let's keep going like he if he was smart he just he cash out right now maybe give we'll give him this friday have fun let's let's go cut promos on each other let's have fun make some money but cash out yeah oh just go go to argyle go to europe and start filming <laughs> don't go to vegas that's what i'm saying do not go to vegas Cause we're going to smash you. We're going to pack you on a private jet. We're going to send you across the pond and it's done, man. I'm telling you now, get while the getting is good, the table's hot, but it's time to leave because I'm about to shut this heater down, man. I'm telling you, just like, just like I did the legends at WrestleMania, I stacked them, I pinned them, I I retired them. The other one hadn't figured it out yet. He's pretty much done too. Cena's on the same path. Uh, Anybody who steps up for the universal championship, I'm going to smash their ass and I'm going to send them home ladies and gentlemen roman. i guess yeah i got i got aj i got him fired yeah, yeah. AJ's yeah. ready to hit the eight gap right now he's ready to smash, <laughs> he's ready to smash a fullback shock him and, and make a tackle for loss that's how it's going down yeah. absolutely
8: man congrats on everything good luck oh, with everything in, in vegas especially sorry connection went bad yeah it's
0: his <laughs> internet roman sorry this is an everyday type of thing here he's in ohio it,
5: it's that big old house he has that you. Yeah, yeah. All, right. All, right. all right. It's tough to get it everywhere. Can't get the Wi-Fi. For it's you. hard to get the Wi-Fi everywhere. So <laughs> big, uh, a state problem.
0: Yeah, you guys got estate issues. Problems. John Cena's got a big issue, and it's yeah. with the head of the table next Saturday, SummerSlam, ladies and gentlemen, the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Cheers. So sorry to interrupt, but when Simply Safe Home Security's founders, Chad and Eleanor Lawrence, designed their first security system in their kitchen, they did it for a very personal reason. Their friends had just had their home broken into. They were struggling to find a security system that was simple to set up and would make them feel safe again. Making people feel safe is what Simply Safe has been doing ever since that moment 15 years ago. A passion to protect people not only drives every engineering detail in its products, but it motivates every interaction with its customers. And the thing is, Safe just makes it so easy. It takes about two minutes to customize a system on their website, simplysafecom slash McAfee. And Safe has highly trained security experts ready whenever you need them. Whether that's during a fire, burglary, medical emergency, or even just when you're setting up the system, they can help. As my listener, and that sounds a little... Arrogant. As our listeners, you can save 20% on your Safe security system and get your first month free when you sign up for the interactive monitoring service. Just visit SimplySafe.com slash McAfee. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash M-C-A-F-E-E to customize your system and start protecting your home and family. That's simplysafecom slash McAfee. Listen, that's what Simply Safe wanted me to tell you. What I want to tell you is that Simply Safe has completely changed my life. When I was thrusted into this world of success that I could have never fathomed or imagined, I had no idea how to protect my shit. It was always very confusing. There was always numerous people that had to come through my house, stomp all over it. There's a lot of wires, there was this, there was that. Simply Safe has eliminated all of that. You can set it up yourself, no awkward encounters, and it's as easy to use as any app and you can just go in there and see what the hell's going on and they'll alert you if the life is getting crazy unexpectedly. Go to get or go to simplysafecom and get 20% off on your Simply Safe security system and your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring service. Simply Safe, making security simple. The Hammer Down Boys are in studio and a stooge is in an attic. <laughs> Shots twine for that beat drop and the stooge do not deserve that because he's not a stooge in a bad way, it's stooge in a good way. Hammer Down Boys, how we doing? We still winning, yeah? Yes, sir. Yo, you're back on the winning day?
1: Five and two last night.
0: Wow! Oh, Diggs, oh, how we doing? Even Steven. Okay, all right, hey. Not losing over there, seem to be continuing to ride this heater that has been for like three months now. With Gumpy soccer, big conversation piece right now. Those PSG boys. Hey, when PSG starts playing that sport, beautiful game. What? 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 Neymar. What? 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 What?
2: Oh uh, no. Uh, uh, no!
0: Well, my we don't money, know what
2: is the Italian. Is he... is he
0: a Pittsburgh-like Italian guy, or, or? is he like Cuomo? Uh, anyways, uh,
3: <laughs>
1: PSG, <laughs>
0: they're going to win it all, right? Champions, Super League, everything.
1: They should. They are stacked, my friend, and they got four of the world-class players that it paid zero money on a transfer fee for. It's absurd.
0: Yeah, because normally you have to pay the transfer fee to get them out of their contract, yep. and then you have to pay them an, an absurd contract. That's like how soccer does it, right? Yes, sir. Uh, to join us now to talk about everything happening at PSG and in the soccer yep. world, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk.
3: Yeah! AJ wearing the
0: Audi Dawsonheimer shirt. Obviously know that you're going to come on here and talk a little soccer. I appreciate that. Uh, your thoughts on Messi going to PSG in their Instagram account, gaining 20.4 million followers overnight as soon as Messi Damn. went over there. It, it, it's an insane time in the soccer world, AJ.
8: I think it's always an insane time in the soccer world. But would you compare this to like this? I assume this question was asked on some of the, the morning shows like, is Messi going to PSG just like Tom Brady going to Tampa?
0: Yeah, but I think Tampa would already had to have Gronk and a B on it.
8: Yeah, right. Oh, okay, so they they were set up, and now he's just adding the star of all stars to a team that's already really good. Yes, and they've never won before, right? If I've
1: never won the Champions League, the so the French league has always been called the Farmers League. Oh, oh! that's like no, the, no, 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 that's like the French. shot at the French league, but. PSG is a very good squad.
0: Um, Je parle en français un peu, you know. uh, Ah, oui, 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 oui. oui. Uh, They No, no, no. Messi come no farmer.
1: La Liga is now the farmers.
0: Whoa! You're selling stock in Bartha?
1: No, no, Cristiano at Real. No Messi at Barça. Bartha. What's La Liga got?
0: What are your thoughts on Barcelona, AJ? Maybe you should buy Barcelona because it sounds like they can't afford anybody. And the way Gumpy was speaking about this off air, basically no teams have money anymore except for PSG. They happen to have a little bit. So they're gathering everybody basically because everybody's had to cut ties because no, they have no money after COVID, right?
1: The teams that were left still with what was left of Super League, Barcelona, Barcelona. sorry. Yeah, There's it's you. okay. Real There's Madrid. It and Inter Milan who are all pretty much bankrupt at this point
0: oh no Barcelona into oh, bankruptcy no. Wow no. Wow bankrupt Barcelona no. AJ your thoughts on soccer and you know what we can learn from this over here in the greatest
8: league of all time the NFL AJ All right if all these teams are bankrupt are they going away like I have a good feeling they're still going to be around Barcelona's gone. They're Bye. dead. Bye. No, they're not. They still have a squad, right? No. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Barcelona. Goodbye. That's what people are saying on the internet, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sure.
8: <laughs> so we have
0: to pivot. We have to pivot. <laughs> Joining us now. Is the oh, no. second ever. <laughs> he, Did you see that? So I apologize to him um, immediately right now for wasting your time today. But he's the second ever Olympic gold medalist in a sport that is famous all around the world and beloved by people everywhere and will be forever. Ladies and gentlemen, Olympic gold medalist in the sport of golf, number four overall in the world, ladies and gentlemen, Xander Schauffele. Yeah. What's up, it what's going on hey what are your thoughts on barcelona are, are you a big <laughs> soccer guy you know i'm sorry uh, i don't know if that gotta-
9: you guys, you guys seem to have all the bases covered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to learn uh, here quickly that we do not, uh, but we do appreciate you coming in and trying to figure out our show a little bit better and make it better. But we're not a big golf show, okay? We all love to golf. Mm-hmm. We absolutely love golf. Not a big golf show. Whenever we got a chance to watch, obviously, golf at the Olympics and it was on the Golf Channel, was one of the easiest sports to watch mm-hmm. of the entire Olympics, which I think everybody loved. Was I? Was that course set up for people to attack what was the golf like over there was it different than most courses you play on was it a was it was there what were any of the alternates that you had to deal with that you don't normally have to deal with xander
9: it was pretty much the same as any course we play on i mean being being in japan you typically play on sort of like narrower tighter golf courses that are, are different than the u.s but this course was sort of built for the olympic tournament and so for that reason it had sort of that big championship feel so It was sort of like a a normal, a normal week for you know us players to be out there and and to compete. Nothing, nothing too crazy.
8: Uh, Was it any more added pressure on you knowing that you're competing against some guys that if they win, they don't have to serve in the military (laughs) in their country? That's a great question, man.
9: Yeah, how brutal is that? I mean, it, it takes. You know, we play for pride. You know, other people have different motivations, money, and whatnot, but. To 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 avoid a two year service uh, by winning a medal it has got to be some added pressure that you know <laughs> I, I, I don't know I don't know what that's like but I can imagine it was it was a bolt
0: So if I'm standing over a five footer for I don't know a hundred bucks. Yep. I mean that that thing is <laughs> yeah, nervous. Could you imagine a podium putt right there with two year service on the other side of that? There's no chance of that ball going in that hole. Nope. There not. is no chance at all, Xander. Um, you. Took the lead second day, basically, and never looked back. There was a lot of pushes. Matsuyama was coming hard there on Sunday. Was there, mentally, you know, you've never won a major. That's obviously everybody has to talk about that. You're still very young. But mentally, being able to hold off the world's best for an Olympic gold medal, will you fall back on that ever? Did you learn anything about yourself? Or is this just kind of like a stage in your golf game where it's like, yeah, this is what happens now?
9: No, it was big for me. I That was the first time in my career where I actually won with a lead. Um, so in golf terms, that's, that's kind of a big deal. You know, every other win I've had was from, from behind. And um, it's easy, it's much easier to chase uh, in sport, as, as most of you guys know. It's, it's easy to sort of have no pressure and nothing to lose versus having everything to lose, having a lead. So for me personally, it's a, it's a really big deal moving forward. It was the first time sort of – media was starting to get a hold of me you know being in the hunt and not winning so for me to do this with the gold medal um it's kind of a big deal so. let's go yeah let's go, baby. Let's let's go. go. yeah for medal aside money aside for me personally as, as like a, a competitor this was a really big a uh, big step forward
8: i mean it's a giant deal yeah you you have a gold medal now for the rest of your life hopefully but going back i know when you hit the scene what was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right here yeah these guys
0: Look at that! Hey, don't bite on that. There's some sort of uh, yeah
4: there's chemicals, plastic. In there or something. Yeah, something. I think
0: Uncle COVID was in the. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Not supposed to chew on those. I, I I would never get one, but I did get told that not supposed to chew on them if mm-hmm. we get them, The
8: internet told me. Sorry about that. Go ahead, AJ. I mean, there's a lot of people in pictures I've seen that may have some issues then, Pat. Everyone seems to bite them. Well,
0: that's why I think the memo was sent to me yes. to, yeah. to potentially tell her Yeah, yeah, and you. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it. Yeah,
8: I, I did. Uh, I'm, I'm screwed. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, still yeah. here, man. But I was saying, you came out, you were rookie of the year. You won twice, I think, your first year. What was it like when you you step out there and you're on the, the big stage? You're like, man? I'm competing against guys that I've been watching on TV for years probably. Yeah, it was... Um
9: yeah, it's just sort of like in any sport, you know, you, you sort of watch TV and you watch your idols and the guys you kind of want to be and to step out there and play with them as a young as a young man was kind of it was it was a really cool feeling, but it was something you had to get over because, you know, you, you made it to the big leagues and you're ready to sort of compete against them and um, you can still idolize them, but you can't tell up to their face. You know, what I mean, um, you got to try and get any edge you can on your competition at any point. And um, I, I quickly got over that idea. My, my rookie year, you know, I was kind of in awe f- throughout the first Part of the year, and I was going to lose my card and, and kind of drop down to the lower tour. And then finally, I kind of hit my effort mark and just sort of started playing better and, and played like I had nothing to lose. And that's sort of when I racked up those two wins.
0: I want to let you know that we would allow you to say that. I'm not sure if you would, but you could have let that fly if you wanted to let it out. There. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're um, the guys that you grew up watching, though. They want to bury you. They don't care. You know, like, right. is that you have to get to that moment, right? Where it's like, okay, these guys. Uh, They're very. uh, I enjoy what they have done, but you have to get to the moment where oh, they're trying to beat me, uh, and I got to try to flip this. And is golf is that a normal feel? Because I've always wondered this. And we got a chance to talk to Lefty, I think last week or two weeks Mm ago. Cool that I can just say that and make me sound (laughs) very awesome. (laughs) Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: He was he was really cool. Like the analytics, basically the brain side of the game. But I think Tiger introduced like uh, he was maybe the most competitive guy that got into golf, if that makes sense or not. Because there's there's so much failure, I think, in golf that there's a lot of, like, uh, good effort, good go. And then Tiger, whenever he wouldn't win, would get fucking furious about it. Like, right. it, how do you control your emotions there while being competitive but also understanding, like, hey, this is an impossible sport, basically, at all points, whenever it happens.
9: Yeah, I mean, golf, it, we are a bunch of losers, as bad as it sounds. You know, there's <laughs> all, only one guy wins, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just kind of, cutthroat and to sort of feel good about a top 10 or something or the fact that there's a statistic on top 10 you know just shows that it's hard to win and so tiger did bring that sort of he wore his heart on his sleeve you know what i mean like at any time he would be upset or he'd be happy he'd be swearing he'd be fist pumping and you know i think you know without him the, the game wouldn't be what it is uh, me personally you know i, I I'm more internal, you know, golf is so weird, you know, we don't have teammates, we don't have anyone to sort of fire us up, you you kind of do your own thing, and the way I deal with stuff is to be just, really, the the fire burns internally, and I don't really show a whole lot when I'm playing, but like you said, you just want to kick everyone's ass, and and that's kind of as simple as that.
0: How'd you get into golf?
9: Uh, My dad, my dad played golf, I played soccer, it's funny, I didn't play for Barcelona, but... (laughs) I played I played soccer growing up. My dad's European, um, so I have a pretty international background. That's sort of why I started playing it. Um, and then I started playing golf when I was like 10 years old or 11 years old, just with my dad.
0: Original dream, though, to play for Barcelona?
9: <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: All right, man. I did read something, I think, in the Huffington Post this morning that... Your mom was raised in Japan. Is that accurate? Yeah. So the Olympics being back over there, a lot of connections for you, but weren't able to watch, right? Weren't able to watch because the spectator bands. So, I mean, that is, I mean, it's kind of the world coming full circle. I I assume your mom and family were very pumped up about it. But what was it like without the full Olympic experience? Not that you would know anything different, but was it weird at all in that entire Situation?
9: Yeah, it was just quiet. You know what I mean? It's kind of eerie whenever you're trying to win something big. You know, if you do something great or do something poor, you hear oohs and ahs or, you know what I mean, you can kind of get something going with the crowd. But the fact that there was no one there, just, it was just kind of stale air almost at times. And so uh, really weird. You know, fortunately, I was able to play beginning of the year with COVID on the PJ Tour with no fans. So it wasn't like a, a new thing for me. Um, so it kind of just, just dealt with it.
8: Hey, who are some of your your favorite guys to be paired with to play? We we would obviously love to hear who you hate hey, playing with. Yeah, that's right. we don't want to. Yeah. We know you, it's tough to put that out there, but who are some of your favorite guys? Maybe, and then we can try to do some some math. That. <laughs> um,
9: let's see. I mean, I I stayed in the house with uh, the Jordan and Justin last week. They're funny guys. Um, Pat Patrick Cantlay was my partner at the Presidents Cup. Um, pretty much all the we have a lot i'm the class of 2011 so we have a lot of guys who are like 27 28 years old that are on tour um from my class that i enjoy playing with just because i've seen them kind of growing up
0: okay you don't have to say who you hate but is there people that you know in the clubhouse you we uh <laughs> is there little cliques or anything like that amongst the boys
9: yeah, i mean i, I guess it's kind of like high school there's always some cliques here and there for the most part my cat coming out we didn't really know a lot of golfers in general um it's not really like the most popular sport growing up, so I really just, I was kind of a loner, and I, my first few years, I just played, played and practiced with my caddy and really no one else, um, besides a kid I grew up uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour with, um, but besides that, yeah, pretty much stayed to myself, and of course, just like any work environment, there's people that you would not want to sit down with um, at times in dining versus others, but um, I'm not going to go on and say, you know, who I dislike. I got to go see him next week. So try and, <laughs> hey. try and, try and keep the
0: peace. <laughs> hey, smart. Xander, go beat him. You know, that'll be a big deal. Go ahead, Connor.
2: Yeah, Xander, how tough was the uh, time change? Was that something that was actually difficult that you had to get used to? And was that only for people who were flying over from uh, America?
9: Yeah, it, it it was terrible. I mean, I think going over to Japan wasn't too bad. We woke, Waking up super early wasn't a big deal. So just go you know wake up at four thirty and kind of get going the problem was coming back to memphis uh after the olympics was really hard that was like a pretty much when we were teeing off uh for our tournament in memphis it was like you know one in the morning so you you're, my brain basically felt like scrambled eggs uh
0: did you wear but- the gold medal there yeah <laughs>
9: You know, I was trying to—I uh, was trying to forget about the gold medal when I was competing the following week. You know what I mean? I didn't want to bring—I didn't want to bring sand to the beach, um, oh, even though it was a week prior. But oh, smart. Uh, it, that didn't really work out. I played like shit, uh, <laughs> that, so maybe I should have worn it around as, as my armor for the week. I don't know.
0: Let's talk about because you know earlier you mentioned it and. You know, I just thought of it. You, you talked about how having a lead, keeping a lead, winning with a lead is a big deal in golf. Like, there's two different ways to win. People who go and hunt. But once you actually can withstand everybody else, that's a big deal in golf. Probably because golf is such a massive mental game. Night before you go to sleep on that cardboard box bed, okay? You're sleeping on that cardboard box.
9: I it, was actually in a hotel. I-
0: oh! What? Oh, Good for you, dude. Smart. You're yeah. on top. That's what the leader does. Hey, that's what gold medalists <laughs> do, dude. You sleep in the hotel. But anyways, hard to fall asleep night before. Final thoughts before you go to bed. What ha- is there anything then, or is it just hey, we've been golfing. Why will anything be different tomorrow?
9: Uh, yeah, I don't. I was okay. I was. I was fine. Honestly, I was pretty tired. I mean, it was like 105 degrees. So I mean, just a just an ice bath and a, and a quick. Pass out was sort of my my deal there. I wasn't really thinking a whole lot when I woke up. You know, maybe I was a little bit nervous going going through warm ups, but um, it was something I've dealt with before, and I've failed at before. So I figured. You know why waste any thought? Let's just pass out.
0: Oh, because people are probably already tweeting you saying, "Oh, Xander's going to lose this like every other time <laughs> before." Yeah, like, oh, to hell with it. What's the worst that could happen here? That's amazing. Good for you, dude. So happy for you. Go ahead,
6: Diggs. Uh, Xander, you brought up your your dad earlier, and he looks like an absolute legend. Look, kind of looks like Miguel on <laughs> um I I've just read an article. Was he doing uh, secret beer runs uh, at the Olympics? Was that, was that going on?
9: Yeah, yeah. Now that I can say, we weren't supposed to bring in, so the. Some of the physios there at work, it was like a, at 8 p.m., there's a complete shutoff. And, of course, everyone staying in a hotel wasn't allowed, wasn't allowed to leave, and no one really speaks English. So I had a few physios help me out during the week, and we smuggled some beer in through my golf bag for them because they had nothing to drink. And so that, that made them pretty happy. But, yeah, and then finally I got kind of cocky the final round. I thought I could just walk through security with it, and I got, I got stopped, and they, they took it away from me. So uh, we, we got like three days' worth of six-packs or 12-packs in. Did
0: you say Physio.
9: Yeah, uh, uh, physical
0: therapist. Oh, jeez. I did not. I'm not cool enough to know
2: that. Did you? <laughs> no. I thought you were talking about TVs. I had no idea TV. what you were talking about. I yeah. <laughs> thought it was a drink.
0: I thought it was <laughs> the beer. No. Oh. I, I, I thought this guy was walking in with the physio beers just right through there. No, no, no. We're doing a little soccer ball out there,
4: <laughs> Xander. We've been playing golf like every weekend basically since it's been nice out. Now, uh, do you even get to like play for fun anymore? Like, just go out there with like a couple buddies and enjoy it, or every time you play, or you just like—is it impossible because you do it so often? House a couple physios.
9: <laughs> no, I mean, I—it's I, I, hard for me to not play for anything. So if it's for five bucks or ten bucks, I don't really care. Uh, I just I need to play for something. I think that's sort of my my rule now. I mean, I rarely will I go out and kind of just mess around. It's got to be like some even if we're playing music or just messing around. Like we got to have something on the line for it to be competitive. Or I just feel like I'm wasting my time. What's next? I got I leave Sunday for three weeks. We got the playoffs, so we're just we're just kicking into gear here.
0: Hey, let's go win one! Huh? How, let's, yeah. uh, why not? Why not use Xander? Why <laughs> right, not? Right. <laughs> What needs to happen for you to win, you think?
9: Should I just start wearing this bad boy around? Yes! Yeah. First tee right here?
0: Yes, and you're a Callaway guy? Is that? Uh, who, I don't know who your sponsors are. Callaway, I think? Callaway, Adidas. So Adidas needs to be making a golf polo that has, it the, has the, the gold uh, medal. Uh, yeah, it down. yeah <laughs> and that's what you should be wearing, I think. On the, I mean, I AJ's big Adidas
8: guy too. I don't know if yeah, you see yeah, him. I'm gonna help you. I, I see yeah,
9: I see him robbing. Go- I mean that's
8: a great point, Pat. That should be your Sunday shirt from here on out, the rest of your career. <laughs> <laughs> gold medal right there.
0: Absolutely. I mean like I'll buy it. I promise you I'll buy a bunch of them. I would too. I mean, I need a size large out there. Are you practicing today? Are you do you have off yeah. days? What's the schedule?
9: No, I'm gonna go out there and practice today. I got, I got, I was gonna take more time off, but we got playoffs coming up. It's time to, it's time to buckle
0: down. Hey, you're either getting better, or you're getting worse. You know, what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it's playoff time. You can take a break afterwards, ain't there? What For are we sure. working on today? We, will we be in a golf cart, a little music on, or are we go into the range? What does practice look like?
9: We're gonna, we're gonna go to the range. You know, I, I won the gold in Japan, and I decided to come to Memphis and play like absolute shit. So I figured <laughs> that's a good way to motivate myself to practice. So we'll do a little bit of, we'll, we'll probably play, play nine holes. But hey, I'll, I'll definitely spend some time in the range, um, you know, boring stuff.
0: Yeah, man. Can you do this?
9: Yeah. Yes, I can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no way. All right. You're definitely going to win, dude. <laughs> that's, that's why you win gold medals. Ladies and gentlemen, Xander yeah! Thanks, man. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Tomorrow's another big day, by the way, another big day tomorrow, I think. Bookers are starting to have a field day, getting people that want to come on the show. That's great news. We can't thank all of our guests enough. The boys are continuing to absolutely crush it into the microphone, especially as we get close to football season here. You know, the fall breeze is in the air. Hard Knocks is on. Football games are happening on Friday, a full slate this weekend. Let's go. Hashtag in a pod squad. I appreciate you so much. Tweet me. Tell me what's up. You might win some merch. Ty's the one that decides all of that. And if you enjoyed this show, which I assume you did, unless you're hate listening, please be a friend. Tell a friend. Let's continue to grow this thing. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday night. See you tomorrow. Cheers.